0: Hi, welcome to episode 471 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott, and I'm thankful for foods you can stuff. Today it's Fantastic Four Volume 3, number 42, also known as Fantastic Four 471. The original numbers are back on the cover, along with the new numbers from June 2001. A Clear and Present Danger, by clo- by co-plotters Carlos Pacheco and Rafael Marin, scripter Jeff Loeb, and guest artist Stuart Eminen. <laughs> the issue begins... Several months ago, in the negative zone, with a group of astronauts exploring some of the asteroids, and they find something interesting. Behind this green force bubble, it's it's the Fantastic Four's old headquarters, Four Freedoms Tower Plaza building. Y- you know, the building with the big four on the roof. One of the asteroid, one of the astronauts says, "Ah, salvation!" And back in the present. At the headquarters of the Gideon Trust, a group of higher-ups are discussing one of their offshore power stations, which is on fire after being attacked. And if you listened to the last episode, that attack probably came from Namer, the submariner. The Gideon Trust guys say that this is a problem for the U.S. government. Let them handle it. And in New York Harbor, members of the military are dealing with an attack from large sea creatures being led by the man in the skimpy green swimsuit the Submariner. Namer punches some of the soldiers, picks up a tank and throws it, attacks some helicopters, and people are left wondering, where are the Fantastic Four? Where are the Avengers? Where's Moon Knight? Okay, nobody's asking that. The only member of the FF currently on this world is Johnny Storm, and he's being mobbed by Realtors. Yes, Realtors. Well, it's not as much fun as it sounds. They want to have the rights to sell space in the new Baxter building. I think you would have an easier time selling gloves to an armless man. Who would want to buy space in the new Baxter building? The previous three Fantastic Four headquarters have all been destroyed. And in Marvel time, all three were destroyed within a period of a few years. You'd have to pay me to live or work in the Baxter building. Matter of fact, I would never live or work in the Baxter building, no matter how much money you paid me. Later, in the monitor room upstairs, Johnny gets a call from Lenny, Ben's friend from Damage Control, who mentions that the Submariner is in town causing trouble. Is this how Johnny gets his news from Lenny? No one else seems fit. To- no one else calls the Baxter Building when the Mar- Submariner is in town going on a tear. Only Lenny. So Johnny flames on, and off he goes for a little Golden Age action with Marvel's first and mightiest mutant. He quickly finds him and they immediately go at it. Back in the Negative Zone, Sue, Reed, and Ben are in a ship with the Pilgrim Hell Scout. You know, I was a Hell Scout when I was a kid. I got merit badges in Satan Worshipping, Animal Cruelty, and Basket Weaving. Okay, they're not all satanic. They're trying to find the people responsible for breaching the wall between our positive universe and the negative universe. Reed suspects that the people responsible are from Earth, You know, he should immediately know it's Gideon Trust, considering that he just sold them the secrets to the Negative Zone. Hellscout doesn't know what they're talking about, positive and negative universes, but he says, I would lead them to the devil himself, if it were for the good of the many. And he mentions that he even faced the Dark One once. And the FF think he's talking about Annihilus, which is kind of crazy, like... How could a pilgrim with a couple of laser guns survive a battle with Annihilus? Not bloody likely. Later, they have landed on a small planetoid, and they find a the group of lion-faced people who seem to be running from something. The lion people think that the FF are the ones who ripped their homes apart, but Reed says they mean them no harm. Hellscout and the leader of the lion head people recognize each other. The leader's name is Gorn Kai, Gornkai explains that invaders have turned their planet into ash and sand. Pirates who came in airships and the FF figure that's who they're looking for. They ask Gornkai K- Gorn Gornkai Gornkai to show them where the pirates first appeared. And so they lead the FF and Hell Scout to the spot where the pirates landed, sucked the life up out of the ground and took off. And to make matters worse, They took all the music of the lion-headed people as well and put it on Napster! Those damn pirates! Reed detects the usage of a cross-dimensional transponder using a wormhole, and he's excited to find a positive ion trail that can be traced. He even says, I do so love it when a plan comes together. Ah, awesome! Um, Mm -hmm. um, Oh, you're such a dirty person. That was supposed to be my clip of the 18th theme music. I really ought to organize these things better. Meanwhile, back in New York, over Central Park, the Submariner and the Human Torch are still fighting it out. It's bad enough when they tear down old warehouses on the riverfront, but they're fighting near the most expensive real estate in New York. So I bet some rich assholes are really, really nervous. Johnny and Namer trade a few punches. I'm not sure how Johnny can take being punched by Namer. Is he strong enough to take a punch from Namer? But then again, shouldn't Johnny's flames dry Namer out like a fish out of water? Johnny thinks that Neymar might be a scroll in disguise. Neymar falls into the water and comes back out rejuvenated and puts his hands around Johnny's neck to choke him. Johnny's like, Neymar, this isn't like you. What Neymar has he known for 40 years? Neymar has attacked New York City many times. This is exactly like him. Next, Along comes a former member of the Fantastic Four to save Johnny's ass. It's the She-Hulk. She shows up and punches Namor aside before he kills Johnny. So now Neymar and the She-Hulk start trading punches, and Namor is suddenly like, UGH! He passes out, and he falls to the ground, leaving She-Hulk and Johnny wondering what happened. But then flying along on a fly, it's Ant-Man. He stung... Namer with a weapon that knocked him out. They look down at him and wonder what to do with Namer now. Back in the Negative Zone, Reed is working on some kind of contraption, and Ben says to Reed, We ought to get you on Survivor. That million bucks would be yours for sure. It's so weird seeing such a modern reference here in the FF. I really am getting close to the end now. Back with Hell Scout, he seems intrigued by Sue's ability to turn invisible. She's like... Well, that's why they called me the Invisible Woman. He touches her costume and says, It seems cold. And she says that her costume can block anyone's attempt to read her body heat. Even though most of the person's body heat comes out through their head, so I'm not sure how that's going to work unless she starts wearing a helmet, too. Back at the Baxter building, they've got Namor up on an examination table, and Scott Lang, Scott Lang, of all these characters... How is he the one who has a successful hit movie? Scott Lang says, It seems the negative ions in Neymar's brain seem to have been overly charged. That happens to me all the time whenever I watch a Carolina Hurricanes game. And he's reversing the polarity. Neymarita shows up out of nowhere. Does she have a key to the Baxter building for late night booty calls with Johnny? She says, Hopefully my cousin won't be such a bad boy anymore. And she goes over it and kisses Johnny. She's one of the heroes that Johnny called for help. She also seems miffed that he called Luke Cage before he called her. At least he didn't call Moon Knight first. That would have really been insulting. Johnny says, "With the FF gone, they need a few other heroes to handle FF stuff." Namorita says to count her in. Namor finally wakes up and says that he'll help out too. He said that he he says that he went nuts earlier because the Gideon Trust poisoned the ocean, killed marine life, and damaged his mind. He says the avenging sun will have justice. Justice? The new universe character? Okay, I think he's talking about justice as a concept. Back in the negative zone, they use Reed's contraption to teleport somewhere else, where they find one of the astronauts from earlier in the issue. And his suit is ripped up, and he had just died. Reed recognizes him as one of the alpha primate's who live under the city of Attilan, home of the Inhumans. Reed wonders how the Inhumans have access to the Negative Zone. Sue says, they're about to find out, as they get surrounded by a bunch of well-armed alpha primates, and the leader of this group of explorers comes forward. It's Black Bolt's crazy-ass brother, Maximus the Mad. He says he offers a truce, and Ben is like, yeah, right. And that is where this issue ends. And so I I enjoyed this issue. It's good to see the She-Hulk and Scott Lang back in the book. Namer is always good to have around. And Pace Pod Pete, he's kind of fun, especially when you're doing a podcast. It's also nice to have a real villain like Maximus show up. And even though I prefer Carlos Pacheco's art, I think Stuart Immonen does a fine job filling in for him this month. And in the next issue, Annihilus shows up. It's a long time to have a Negative Zone story before the big, mean, green ass hat shows up. Usually, someone shows up in the Negative Zone, and immediately, he's on them like a fly on poop. So if you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. You can download other episodes of iTunes, or find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. TV's on, yeah. I'm not crazy because I take the right pills every day. And press clean your conscience, clear thoughts with.